Hello and welcome to the Ordinary Church Podcast. This is a podcast about the church and for the church. I'm Connor. I'm here with Mike and we're excited to be with you as always. Thanks for listening. Uh, what we're going to talk about today is, um, I think, in the, the title, When the Truth is Unpopular, uh, talking about what it looks like for believers to stand up for God's truth, maybe in public settings, maybe in private settings or in church contexts as well, when that's not necessarily a popular choice that's going to win a lot of accolades. Um, and maybe even would be seen by by others as um, unloving. So, Mike, if if it's okay, I just want to just maybe just put this piece of context in place. Um, a lot of people have been talking about the comments that Alistair Begg made, and if you aren't familiar with that, um, if you type in his name, you'll find out what's going on. Do you want to give any context for that, Mike? Or sure. And and you know, you probably depends on who you read. If you read Christianity Today, you probably have a view slanted. Um, for Alistair Begg and against anyone who would take issue with him. If you listen to Ali Beth Stuckey or Samuel Say or Samuel James or Dustin Benj or a lot of other people, you'll you'll see, I believe he says, I think it was Dustin Benj who said something, but a lot of people, Al Mohler. And um, interesting, I read all of those. I don't agree with um, the take that Christianity Today put out in two different articles. One article was called, the, it was clickbait, you know, Alistair Begg meets the politically correct that was one of their their tag. That was their title of their article, and the other one. And it's they're very sympathetic to a more progressive view. Okay, and I don't want to. Let me tell you what I don't want to do. I don't want to vilify any Christian or any member of Grace Church of Orange if you fall one way or the other. But I do want to look at the truth, and I want to say, okay, let's talk in not in emotions, but in truth. And what happens when you stand for truth when it's unpopular, and when you. Um, Maybe get some heat because you're being called all sorts of things because you have a conviction. Uh, for example, not going to an LGBTQ or a trans or a gay wedding. Um, a Christian is going to be called unloving even by other Christians or judgmental or condemning when actually you're saying, I want to be the, do the most loving thing and not lie to this person or go along with their lie or basically you know, be a part of something that God doesn't bless and act as if my presence is, you know, giving a thumbs up to this celebration when I can't in good conscience do that. And I'm not trying to ruin a relationship. I'm not trying to destroy a relationship. I'm just standing up for what I believe is true. And I, and I still want to have a relationship with these people, you know, that kind of right, thing. Right. My friends or my family or whoever it is. Right. So I think that's, I would frame it as what do we do with the big question of your faced with truth and love and sometimes we think the loving thing is to capitulate and not go with the truth but kind of just make allowances to get along go yeah. along to get along right yeah. right yeah that's good i, I was going to clarify just for anybody who's like been listening so far and is still in the dark just in terms of the situation that you mentioned with alistair Begg, what happened is he made comments that were, were suge suggesting counseling someone to say that they could attend the wedding of somebody who is a transgender person. Um, and that has, that has, you know, kind of gone across the Christian kind of, you know, world of writers and thinkers and, and stuff and brought a lot of responses. So that's the context there. Yeah. But the bigger question I think is what you're saying, Mike, just how do you, what does it look like for a believer to, to stand for what the word of God says in a, in a public way, and maybe again to just take it closer to home. I think for most for most people who are listening to this, maybe you know somebody who's hearing this has business, you know, kind of 
opportunities that would end up reaching a more public setting if, if it came to something like an LGBTQ plus wedding. Um, but for a lot of people, it's also things happening in their home. It's things happening in the context of the local church. Maybe it's ethical things that are being raised in the workplace that they're in. Um, so maybe, how about this, Mike? Just get us started with some kind of high-level thoughts, principles, just maybe even if you wanted to go to any place in Scripture, but kind of guiding lights that would help, you know, give a believer a North Star to aim at in terms of this kind of decision-making. Okay, so again, and these are things that some, if we look at Scripture, we're going to say that Scripture teaches us certain things that are pretty, it's pretty clear. Some people are going to say, well, the Scriptures don't speak to a wedding or a wedding ceremony. And I would, I would really take a step back and go, hold on a minute. Let's take a picture of the landscape. Uh, you know, go to, go to Genesis and just see how much weight God puts on marriage between a man and a woman. And that if we are going to be celebrating something that is literally repudiating God's design, uh, there's, I don't know how we can ever say that we're somehow, you know, um, aligning with gospel truth while, being a part of that, okay? Um, that said, let's just say that, you know, in the old weddings it said, um, if anyone could show just cause why these two people should not be uh, wed, um, and again, that's not even a real marriage. A gay marriage is not a real marriage, okay? It's a farce. But let's just say you stand up at that wedding and say, I do not believe this is real. This is false. This is lies. They're going to escort you out. Yeah. They're going to, and you're not going to want to stay. You're not staying. Right. Right. So, the, but I just think that the, the scriptures for the Christian, okay, we're talking about Christians making moral decisions, okay? Uh, a Christian could say, hey, um, I want to be salt and light, or I want to uh, have my speech always seasoned with grace. Well, yes, yes, in every situation, even if you say no to going to a, a gay wedding, okay? The idea, though, is speaking the truth in love. Now, again, in Ephesians 4, where it talks about speaking the truth in love, it's really towards one another, truthing in love. But even there, let's just say Christian with Christian, and they're having a debate whether they should or shouldn't do this or that. Hmm. Some people will say, well, but I, I need to reach everyone with the gospel. I'm going to become all things to all men. We're never told to be sin. Uh, people will say, but Jesus, he hung out with tax collectors and sinners not to celebrate their sin. Okay? Right. So, no, not to go along with them, not to say, hey— I need you to know I'm cool and that I can hang out with you too, which is what the low road a lot of Christians go to. And they literally misuse the scriptures in that regard. I'm going to go hang out with these, these folks to let them know Christians can have fun. Or, hey, I want to reach them with the gospel while they're celebrating their sin. You can't sin and worship God at the same time. Mm -hmm. Okay? And so the idea of if the sin's never going to get called out, you're like, well, I'm going to go along for a certain amount of time and then tell them. Right? Right. I'm going to go... I'm going to go do this with them until I have a chance for the gospel. The longer you go, the more they think you're just like them. So I think that there's a, if you're doing evangelism, I wouldn't suggest anyone to go to, to weddings to go evangelize, be the wedding crashers and go evangelize people. You don't even know the people. But let's just say when, if you're a Christian going to a wedding, hopefully if you run into an unbeliever, you want to share the gospel. And you might go to a, a, a wedding of two unbelievers but they're actually getting uh, to a, a man and a woman. Mm -hmm. They're actually following God's design without even realizing it. Right. So you're like, hey, one step closer to showing them the truth. Mm -hmm. But you can't go to something that's going to absolutely repudiate, which, uh, by the way, we do that all the time. I think Can you, all, what, you know. Yeah, maybe point that out. What are other areas? Because I think a lot of believers, especially on the ones that 
uh, I'm sorry, people who might be listening to us right now, I think that they might be pretty lockstep with us. Yeah, I thought this through. I think that this is what the scripture says. I, I shouldn't go to the wedding of two people who are the same gender or a, a transgender person with somebody. I, that's, that's a place that I shouldn't be because it would be in some way communicating my affirmation of that. But are there other... Are there other decisions we make, maybe at a smaller level, where we do similar things? I'm, I'm honestly kind of racking my mind. I don't think there's anything that feels quite so clear yeah. in our culture as that one. Can you think yeah. of others? I'm hesitant to, to name others. Like I could think of things in my own life that I've made decisions about because of my Christian convictions. There's other decisions I make that are just because it's a preference for me, or I think it's a more moral decision, or I think it's a wiser decision for myself. So I actually hesitate to even bring it up because I feel like as soon as I do that, there's a list now that, oh, Mike thinks it's, these are the things, you know, and even if I speak just for myself, it's going to be, ah, so for example, I'll give you a couple that I think are low hanging fruit. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, we are told to do nothing to cause our brother or sister in Christ to stumble. Right. Right. Okay. So, uh, Romans 14 and other places don't cause your brother to stumble. All right. Yeah. Don't judge your brother. Don't cause your brother to stumble. Now, the judging uh, can be unfair, uh, but at some point you might need to point something out. That doesn't mean you're judging in a sinful way. Right. But let's just take the stumbling part. I don't think it's a wise thing for Christians, and here's how I would apply this one. If there's a, a guy in our church that um, has been struggling with substance abuse, I don't think it's a wise thing for him to go hang out with a bunch of people who are also struggling with substance abuse and where there'll be substances being abused. Okay. Why, why would an alcoholic want to keep going to bars? Okay. So that kind of thing, I'd say for a Christian, that seems pretty clear cut. Right. Don't play with fire. Okay. But what about you're at a wedding and everyone's getting served alcohol and at your table, there is a Christian who is struggling with alcohol. Hmm. If you go with your freedom, your freedom, as Paul says, might cause your brother to stumble. Well, you need to be thinking of your brother more than your than your palate, okay? Yeah. Or your taste buds, yeah. or your desires. And we don't do that very often in the Christian community. From what I, from, from and this is firsthand uh, research, okay? Uh, where I've had Christians say, you know, on the drinking thing, well, you know, they'll be drinking according to the Medes and the Persians or whatever it is, you know, the law, and we're going to do that. No, I'm just joking. Yeah. Uh, we're going we're gonna to be drinking, and if you don't want to be there, just... Don't show Just up. Bow out. That's multiple, multiple, multiple times. And whether it's weddings, whether it's uh, private parties, whether it's uh, dinner parties at restaurants. And it's like, just so you know, this is what we're doing. So you have your chance now to back out. Ouch. That's like peer pressure, right? Hmm. And I know for a fact there are people that that at times go, well, FOMO, didn't want to miss out, fear of missing out. Hmm. So I went and I didn't drink, but I was, I was uncomfortable with the level of allowances that were being given or whatever. Um, it's, I think it's a similar thing with, here's an interesting one. Uh, I'll probably get some, draw some fire for this one. Um, smoking and drinking, smoking and drinking, but cigars or, uh, hmm. or uh, tobacco and all that. The Bible doesn't say thou shalt, but it does talk about your body being the temple of the Holy Spirit, taking um, good care of it and all of that. People will say, oh, but Spurgeon had a, Loved a cigar. You know, he smoked one before he preached. Da, 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 da. I'm like, and he died young. You know, it's like he, he didn't take care of himself. You're not going to use that as an example of what I get to do. That's license. Okay. I don't know. There's plenty of things. You just pick them out. Yeah. So, I, I mean, gluttony, um, other things. But, I, you know, in the public square, there's, there's, there are some things, I think, in the last three years that 
a lot of peer pressure for. I, I don't mm. want to bring him up right this moment. But yeah, that's fine. A lot yeah. of peer pressure to do something or, or to get something. Yeah. And if you didn't, you were the bad guys. Uh-huh. Uh, you know. Yeah, that's a good point. I, would, I wonder if there's a different category for things that are in the realm of conscience issues. So I'm thinking of, for example, let's say that someone's like a public school teacher in California. Mm. Um, could they come to a place? Maybe now people have already come to this place. Maybe it's coming in five and 10 years where they feel like, you know, I'm having a hard time honoring the Lord and continuing in this workplace setting. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, yeah. I, is that just, a totally different category? That's just a totally different category. That's, okay. Just like, okay. that's, just a, that's a judgment call. Like, for example, um, new te- uh, first century in the New Testament, they're, they're, uh, there's, there's recorded instances of this where back in the day, uh, if you were an actor, that was an immoral profession, okay? It wasn't just like looked down upon. It was, it was de- a debauchery, okay? Mm-hmm. So someone would become a Christian. And the church, sometimes the church said, some of the early church fathers wrote about this. They said, well, if you're going to tell the actor or the actress that they must leave the stage after becoming a Christian, then you give them employment. Hmm. And you, then you figure out how you're going to help them. Yeah. You can't just make uh, this blanket statement and say, well, you can't be a Christian and this. I've known Christians that work for liquor distributors hmm. who don't drink themselves. Hmm. And it's a job for them. Yeah. Now, you could say, well, but, 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 and I'm like, you know, at the end of the day, I cannot give you thus says the Lord on, right. you can't have, I mean, you, that means you wouldn't work for any uh, employer unless they're a believer. Right, they, right, right. And like, seriously, uh, I, I hear this all the time on certain Christian programs on podcasts. Hey, buy your meat from this company because they're Christians or buy your cosmetics from this. And I'm like, Sorry, but I'm going to buy the best product. Yeah. Okay. It's a yeah. free market economy. Right. I don't have to buy just from Christians if I'm going to pay more and get substandard. Yeah. I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's now, true. If, now, if I'm going to pay a, a fair price and it's an exceptional product all day long. Cool. Yeah. So yeah. I don't think, I think there's so many like that where it's like just a judgment call. Don't, yeah. don't impose that on others. Uh, gay wedding. Uh, I think it's pretty black and white, though some Christians do not. That's actually why I brought yeah. up the question of like, you know, let's say a public teacher or, or a family who chooses to homeschool. People have strong convictions about those things. Yeah. And and people obviously have strong convictions about whether or not you should go to a gay wedding or not. Sure. But some people are saying this isn't a, this isn't a question of conscience. This is actually a biblical injunction. Yeah. If you're doing this, it's actually it's a it's a sinful uh, act. Yeah. And others are saying, no, 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 it's a it's a question of your conscience and how it dictates. Right. So I, I think that's it. I just it's yeah. interesting to know in any given situation, whether it's with the LGBTQ plus wedding, yeah. whether it's with these different employment questions, lots of different issues. Do you at some point cross a line where you're dealing with something that is either I'm sinning or I'm not sinning? I, I right. And again, in Romans, go back to Romans. Uh, to him who knows the right thing to do and does not do it, to him it is sin. Yeah. Okay. But give me. Let's just go with that one, the gay wedding thing. Okay. Um, someone will say, well, but I've already told them I don't agree with their lifestyle. So I'm going to go and I'm going to bring a gift. And I'm going to celebrate with them. The problem with that is it undercuts the institution of marriage. Okay. But there's another one. Do not lie to one another. Okay. Uh, lying is obviously uh, a sin. Okay. Now, what, when someone says, but I've already told them what I think. So you showing up and clapping for the wedding or whatever you're doing. Right. Are they thinking... They already know that, and they're just here, and they're gritting their teeth. Or hey, maybe they changed their mind. Maybe they yeah. and you give maybe the abstain from every appearance of evil. I think my presence at a wedding like that would show that hey, Mike Shera actually is okay with that now. Hmm. He said not, but he's preached against it. But 
Now he's okay with it. Interesting. Yeah. And if and yeah. if I said, no, 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 I'm trying to reach them for Christ. Here's the thing, and this is this is with the trans agenda or whatever. If you're going with the pronouns and you're going calling somebody, you know, chipmunk if their name is really Betty or what, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. and, okay, and, yeah. and they want yeah. you to call them this, that, or the other. Yeah. If you lie, if you go with their lie, let's say they turn from their sins and come to Christ. They're going to look at you and go, you went with my lie. Why'd you go with my lie? Oh, I was trying to love you. But that wasn't loving. That same person is going to tell you, you weren't being loving to me. You were basically cementing me in my lie. Hmm. And if you think of it that way, I'm like, again, someone else is going to take issue with me on this probably. But I look at it thinking the day they do come to their senses, I surely don't want to be standing on the other side that they used to be on, like waving their flag. Right. And they're right, like, wait, right. that's wrong. Yeah. Why are you over there? That's right. Well, because you were over there. Right. Oh, so my relationship with you was more, my friendship was more important than, than eternity? Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm just saying back and forth. No, I think it's, a, I just, I can, and this, tell me if I'm just going way off the, you know, the progressive cliff here, but I can sympathize <laughs> with somebody who's in a, in a spot, and this isn't necessarily the situation that, that Alistair Begg or anybody right. was, was dealing with, but I can sympathize with somebody who's in a spot, especially where it's, it's a brother, it's a son, it's a daughter, and something comes down the pipe like, if you aren't at that wedding, I will never speak to you again. Right. You know? and, and, yeah, or no, even I, if it's not stated that tacit sense we're, we're of, done. Yeah. what's that? Or we're done. You know, we're, we're done. Not, you know, like, or or me, I'll never know. be able to think of you the same way yeah. if you're not able to be there for me on this day. Yeah. I can really, I can appreciate the, the can conundrum. I say dilemma? The, conundrum. The conundrum that put, that put someone in, you know? Um, and at the same time, as a believer, let's say that you're like, I'm going to go. But I'm not going to do a single thing that communicates my affirmation. I'm right. not clapping. I'm not smiling. I'm it's not like, blinking. Well, well now what, blink what, twice if you agree. Right. Yeah. What good? You know, is that going to be good for you to sit arms crossed, scowling at everybody? You know, through the wedding, curmudgingly, uh, even that. You know, it's yeah. like, well, now you're. It seems like you're just kind of playing games here. So mm-hmm. I, I, I guess I'm just saying. saying yeah. It seems to me that there are situations where there there is a complex, yeah. you know, question being asked. Yeah. Let me make one more comment. Uh, I got a couple verses I want to bring out, and then I'm going to throw it back to you to, to land the plane. You know, here's the thing. We have to, the fear of man brings a snare. The fear of God is a good thing. So we should fear God rather than man, okay? Um, but here, like in Romans 1, it says, they know God's decree that those who practice such things deserve to die. They not only do them, but give hearty approval to those who practice them, right? Uh, Old Testament uh, says it this way, Woe to those who call good evil and evil good. And I think, this is just like with the drunkenness thing. Most Christians who drink draw the line at, I can handle my alcohol, my liquor, uh, but they're really controlled by it when they don't realize it or they're, they're not, they're, they're drawing a line of demarcation too lenient. And I think probably because of a backlash to some perceived or real uh, legalism in, uh, in the past, of many Christians, our default stance is more lenient towards let's just go along to get along. Let's show them they can Christians can have fun, that we're like everyone else. And that's the very thing Jesus says you shouldn't be doing. You're not like everyone else. <laughs> You're not else. supposed right. You should be you should be holy, for I am holy. So I would say that we should think about it. That's what I'm saying, listeners. I'm thinking about it. I want you to think about it. Everything is not black and white, cut and dry, but we need to think about it more seriously than we do and realize, just admit, we go too lenient on these things, not too hard. I think that's a good tendency. Yeah, no, I think that's a good place to end. I appreciate what you said about the fear of God. Um, It's the beginning of wisdom. And so I I know for myself, a lot of times I'm evaluating this on the human level and I'm not 
and I'm not thinking first of, I want to fear the Lord. I want to submit to his word. I want to, you know, yeah. obey him. Maybe I can give lip service to that, but my main concern is still, how can I navigate this relationally Yeah. or, or, you know, what have you. So anything else from you, Mike, before we close? One, yeah, I just had another thought. When Paul says, I become all things to all men in order to win some, I think a Christian could rightly say, well, I want to just do that. So I should be able to go to the gay wedding. I should be able to do this and do this. That, we have to go to authorial intent and we have to go to context. And Paul wasn't saying, I'm going to literally celebrate sin in order to win people for Christ. That is diametrically opposed. That's an oxymoron, okay? That's not what he was saying, all right? So the idea of becoming all things to all men doesn't mean you enter into their sin or that you condone their sin or celebrate their sin. Now, on the other hand, people will say, well, sin needs to be condemned. I don't think we should condemn people. God is the judge. I don't think we should condone or celebrate sin. That's the point. And again, Christian, you're going to have to come up with where does that really hit your conscience. And I will just say that because we're so lenient with ourselves and more towards licentiousness than legalism, for the most part in the Christian community nowadays, it's very easy then to say, well, my conscience is clear because maybe your conscience is calloused. So I just think, please think about it. Yeah, yeah that's helpful. I, um, I, I'm just uh, scanning 1 Corinthians 9 right here where I, I think that's the chapter where Paul gives that line. And I'm just, I, I'm looking at it and I'm reminded, the, the thing he says is that I didn't take advantage of my opportunity for pay. I've become all things to all people. And it may have a Jew Gentile kind of connection there too. But all that to say, you know, he's not saying I just participated in these, you know, sinful practices or got myself close to that in order to win some kind of hearing. It's completely a different situation. So anyways, listeners, uh, with that, hope that was helpful to you and gave you good things to think about and, and just consider as you don't want to, as you want to honor the Lord with your life. So have a great week. Uh, God bless you. And we'll talk to you next time on the podcast.